The Denver Broncos dropped to 2-5 and five at home after a 16-9 loss to the New York Jets. We got some clarity on what the real issue is with the Denver Broncos offense, and is it something that could be fixed this season? We dive into that, recap the game, and much more on today's brand new post-game report, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team... Every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, free and available on your favorite audio podcasting platforms, or whether you watch us on YouTube, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button or that follow button down below so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content, coverage, and more. Win, lose, or draw, we have a podcast for you every single day. Sarah, unfortunately, here we are once again in Broncos country. We want to apologize because once again, here we are doing another post-game report coming off of a Broncos loss where the offense just can't figure it out. I think frustration is mounting in Broncos country, rightfully so. I feel for fans. I feel for the players that are really trying to turn this thing around, but something's got to give with the offense. And I tell you what, I think we got a little bit of clarity as to maybe what the real issue is with the offense in Sunday's loss. I think we did, Cody. First and foremost, what has to be pointed out right now is that the Broncos, over the course of the last 11 games, are the worst team in the entire NFL. Because the Carolina Panthers beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday, the Broncos, at 2-9 and nine over their last 11 games, are tied with Carolina as having the worst record in the NFL over the last 11 games. Six games out of seven this year, 17 points or less. I mean, it's brutal to watch. It's the fourth straight loss this season for the Broncos. It really, Cody, I mean, the Broncos tried to let it rip in this game. And unfortunately, despite the fact they let it rip for 46 pass attempts, it just didn't work for the offense. They only scored nine points against the New York Jets. And here we are, two and five, heading into the London matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who would have thought that we would be here at this point in the season? Nobody. I mean, I think if you would have said before the season began, that this would be the reality for the Broncos at this point. Everyone's going to be like, no, you're crazy. There, there would have to be some sort of catastrophic injury or something along the lines to derail that. You know, here's the thing, too. And obviously for the Broncos, they dropped their fourth straight game on the season. An interesting statistic that really kind of summarizes the Broncos' offense in a whole. In the third quarter of the season, they've only scored a total of five points in all seven games in the third quarter of the season combined. Two of those points came from a defensive safety that the Broncos forced. And so at this point, Sarah, I, one thing I want to pinpoint, right, because lost in this loss here, you know, you mentioned the Broncos let it rip. And, you know, I thought for the most part, I mean, Brett Rippon had an interception in this game. It wasn't a good play. It was a, it was a bad interception. But for the most part, Brett Rippon operated this offense, I thought, relatively well. He was decisive. He was attacking the middle of the field. He was finding guys quick and he wasn't getting sacked and he was making smart plays. Heck, he was even getting under center and QB sneaking it himself on a fourth and one or a third and one play early on in the first quarter. You know, Rippon did some really impressive things moving the ball in this offense and Jerry Judy was a standout as well. But unfortunately, you know, what matters is what you just said there. Nine total points 
points scored. And once again, it's just what is to give here? How does the offense get back on track? And I think that after this game, watching how the Broncos were running the ball with Latavius Murray, Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone even had some flashes as well. Thought that, you know, hey, they can build on some things here. And the way that Brett Ripon is coming out and, you know, running some play action, running some boot stuff, delivering the ball quick. I was like, okay, hey, this tells me exactly just watching it. The Broncos' biggest issue with this offense, not only that, you know, it's it's Russell Wilson trying to play Nathaniel Hackett's offense. And I don't think that it suits what Russell Wilson does best, right? I think Brett Ripon has the skill set to run a Nathaniel Hackett offense. But also I think it goes to show that there's the bigger issue. Nathaniel Hackett is trying to make Russell Wilson run his offense and it simply isn't working, which goes to pinpoint the issue at hand with the offense falls on Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, well, were we talking about this last week or a couple of weeks ago? It's kind of like an algebra equation, right? You got to solve for Y. The you quadratic for formula. You figure out <laughs> the quadratic formula. You got to figure it out, right? You got a process of elimination, these things. And yeah, it is it is just one game. I mean, we're going to have people jumping in the comments saying it was just one game and you can't blame everything on Hackett or it's more convenient to blame everything on Russell Wilson. But I think at the same time, you it's just uh, unfortunately it hasn't been a great meshing of these two worlds, right? I think obviously, I mean, even looking at the Green Bay Packers situation, maybe Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers are better together. I mean, who knows? Maybe that's just, it would have been better for everyone if they had found a way to stick together this offseason, just looking at how the Packers have struggled as well. But really, it just seems clear that, I mean, Russell Wilson, whoever else, I mean, the, the Nathaniel Hackett offense right now, Cody, I think there's there's good plays in there. There's good nuggets in there. We've seen some good things throughout the season, but unfortunately, none of those good things matter whatsoever when you're averaging 14 point something points per game as an offensive unit. If you can't close out drives, if you can't convert on third downs, what good is a good play design, right? So Nathaniel Hackett and the, this offense and Brett Rippon, you were just telling me about his postgame presser and he said it best. You know, they've got to figure out the best plays and figure out a way to get on the same page and make these things work because right now, there's just no cohesiveness. There's no real flow to the game. And these are the things that we were talking about with Pat Shermer during the 2021 season. When it's fourth and one, why are you not going for it? I get it that it's past midfield, and I get that it's early in the third quarter. But allegedly, you're you're trusting in your defense, you know, all throughout the game. I, I know we'll get into more of this stuff, but it's just it's so tough to watch the same thing every week. And it was at least, if nothing else, Cody, to me, it was good to see Nathaniel Hackett really upset after this game because you, you you and I have talked about this. We're sick of hearing all this kind of coach speak or rah-rah or, you know, like th- these things that like lines from a movie or a TV show that we're hearing after games from the coach and the quarterback. We're sick of hearing that stuff. It was good to see Nathaniel Hackett, you know, a little fired up, a little angry. You could see the, how red his face was. I mean, clearly this is upsetting for everyone but it's frustrating to see the same things over and over and over again for this Denver Broncos offense. And that's it too. And, you know, I think that Hackett showing that, I mean, pressure's mounting. I know we'll talk about that coming up here in a moment. I want to go back to the Brett Ripon postgame quote here. And and look, as much as I like Russell Wilson's motivational mindset and what he says, I felt like Brett Ripon showed the human emotion and, and 
really summarize, I think, what a lot of people in Broncos country really feel here. And it says here, we need to figure out what our best plays are on offense. Everybody needs to be on the same page as far as what we are trying to do. How are we trying to attack defenses and go into each week and have conviction in the game plan? And that stands out to me. And go into each week and have conviction in the plan. That We haven't heard anything like that in a sense from Russell Wilson. We've heard that, you know, hey, we're going to get it together. Great team, great things take time, adversity. I like Russ's motivation, but in a sense that in moments like this, after a loss, when the offense just once again struggles, nobody wants to hear that. People want to hear what Brett Rippon had to say right there, and so I will highlight that. But you mentioned pressure mounting on Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett. That is the case as the Broncos approach London week and then the bye, but a lot of questions, and now a 2-5 and five record is something that is ugly on the eyes, and Broncos come Country is very, very upset. We talk about Nathaniel Hack and the pressure he'll be facing coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about Prediction Strike, the sponsor of today's post-game report here, Lockdown Broncos. And this episode is brought to you by Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market. You can now invest in professional athletes just like stocks. It's a lower risk alternative to sports betting and athlete prices move based on performance and supply and demand. All athletes benefit too and are entitled to a percentage of their market cap, unlike sports betting companies. You can invest in four sports, not just the NFL, but UFC, NBA, and MLB. Everyone knows you should be investing, so why not invest in what you actually know as a football fanatic? Download the Prediction Strike app and use code LOCKED for a free share when you sign up and make a first deposit of $20 or more. That's promo code LOCKED for a special one-time giveaway. Prediction Strike will choose one person who signs up with code LOCKED and makes a deposit to win 100 free random shares. That could be worth up to $3,000 if you get lucky and receive Josh Allen shares. Invest in what you know on Prediction Strike, the stock market for sports and our good friends over there, Blue Nile. And whether you're looking to pop the question or you have a milestone moment to celebrate or want to let your love sparkle, Blue Nile can help make your celebrations even more memorable. As the original online jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly below traditional retailers. Blue Nile has helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Their easy online tools let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then help you handcraft her perfect, one-of-a-kind engagement ring. Looking for a piece of fine jewelry to commemorate a special milestone but still having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So shop stress-free with Blue Nile's 100% satisfaction guarantee. All Blue Nile orders are insured and shipped for free in discreet packaging, and they also offer overnight shipping if you're in a rush. Make your moments sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to BlueNile.com and use code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. That's B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com, code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com, code LOCKEDON. All right, sir, as we continue on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos postgame report. The Broncos dropped to 2-5 and five as they prepare to head to London to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars and then they'll have the bye week and two and six at this point if that were the reality would spell a very very doomy and and cloudy forecast over Broncos country probably more so than it already is right now but we talked about pressure that Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett was facing prior in the last segment before we got into this conversation and I think there's a question to ask here I think you, you put it out here perfectly is Nathaniel Hackett the right leader for this team and, and I was thinking about it on the drive home from the stadium. I was thinking about it. How do you combine, like, 
to build a, a perfect coach in a sense, right? You like Nathaniel Hackett's motivation, you know, how much he loves his guys, his players, things like that. But you also want like the toughness and the firmness of a guy like Vic Fangio, right? But you don't necessarily want those two because as we're seeing, that's not working. So how is that fine line? There aren't any Mike Shanahan's around the National Football League anymore, Sarah. And I felt like Mike was probably the, the perfect guy to summarize it. And he was honored alongside the 25th anniversary of the Broncos Super Bowl winning team at halftime. Can't even imagine. I, I wonder what Mike Shanahan thinks about this. But I want to ask you, I want you to answer the question you posed out there. Is Nathaniel Hackett the right leader for this Broncos football team? I think it's, uh, like you said, a very tough question to answer at this point because, I mean, we know that winning cures all, but the question is, is is can, can Nathaniel Hackett actually lead this team into winning? The Broncos have been in close games every single week. I wouldn't necessarily say exciting close games. I would say more like, you know, painstakingly close games. It's It's been very tough to watch, but is he the right leader for this team going forward? That, that question to me is going to beg an even bigger question as the Broncos head into this bye week. Best case scenario, Cody, the Broncos are going to be three and five after this game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Best case scenario, they're going to be the worst scoring offense in the NFL going into the bye week, barring something miraculous happening. I think to me, you you hate to see anybody get fired at midseason of their first year on the job. Like Nathaniel Hackett is a human being. We got to remember these things, and and it's tough for us to speculate on this because like we're not we're not going to sit here on Lockdown Broncos and just start calling for somebody's job. No. That's for a different show on a different station. I think that asking the question is fair, however, yeah. right? I think that asking the question to say is he the right leader for this team? Because right now the team's just not responding to either his his leadership or the leadership of the staff they're not responding to the offensive scheme they're not they're not able you know they're not disciplined in terms of penalties although that was much better against the New York Jets i think that really that's what it boils down to for me is that if even if you get to 3 and 5 here at the bye week, do you have to make a, de- a decision, you know, during the bye, or do you have to? Do you go into the bye at three and five, saying, "Wow, things just feel so much better now"? I don't know necessarily that that one win in London against the Jaguars, if it even happens is going to swing the pendulum all that much the other direction for Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, that's tough, especially when you look at Trevor Lawrence and, and the, the weapons that those guys have. I mean, they're struggling right now. They got off to a little bit of a hot start at the season, but they've gone through some struggles, but they're a much better football team than their record indicates in Jacksonville. And that defense led by Trevon Walker is unbelievable, Sarah. I mean, they are talented as well. They have dudes, and if the Broncos can't even score more than nine points, I mean, it's hard to imagine how can they sustain against a Jaguars team. I, I feel like this is something that needs to be brought up, right? Because even I think Troy Rank did a fantastic job asking Nathaniel Hackett after the game, have you thought about maybe relinquishing play calling a little bit and, and seeing, you know, what happens? And Nathaniel Hackett's response was, you know, we'll, we like to take a look at everything. But I have a feeling if, if Nathaniel Hackett wants to maybe have a chance to keep his job and prove it into next season, maybe he relinquishes play calling responsibilities, right? Relinquish those responsibilities to a guy like Clint Kubiak, who has had offensive play calling experience here because he's the guy that works with Russell Wilson every single day anyways. He's his position coach, passing game coordinator. They, they work on all this stuff. It doesn't hurt at this point and allow Nathaniel Hackett to be the leader where he just, he goes through the in-game decision. He has Jerry Rossberg on the mic and he makes decisions. Should the offense go for it on fourth and one? You know, he gets that input up there and he, you know, maybe he delegates that. You know, he allows Ezero ever to keep doing what he's doing with the defense. 
I think that's what's probably going to happen at some point, right? I would not be shocked if George Payton says, you got to hand over play calling responsibilities because the offense isn't working. You need to see what we can get going with a boost to it. And I don't know if that'll make a big difference for the remainder of this season, Sarah. I mean, I really don't. I think right now it's hard to prove, but that is something I think is a little bit of an issue that is there. But I also think there's also a bigger question too, because part of the points, right? come from your field goal kicker and just a disappointing performance on Sunday from Brandon McManus who missed an extra point. I mean, the Broncos been moving the ball downfield with Jerry Judy and things like that. The Broncos punch in with Latavius Murray from two yards out. All right. Okay. Hey, they're going to notch the game up here at seven. No, Brandon McManus misses the PAT wide, right? I mean, it wasn't even close there. It was not one bit close. It would be different if he kicked it, hit it off the right pie, you know, the right upright and it bounced out. This was a wide miss. Then the Broncos come out and they kick a 56-yard field goal from a distance where apparently Brandon McManus said pregame, according to the CBS broadcast, that was a direction that he felt comfortable kicking in with the wind because it was a windy 20 to 30 mile an hour day. It was you know up and down throughout the entire game. Misses the field goal. So you, you miss out on points right there. And Sarah, like just kind of going in hindsight, right? It's 2020. The Broncos, if McManus makes that extra point, if they make that field goal attempt right there, I mean, the game at some point of, you know, the certain juncture is. 13 to 13 in the fourth quarter. And maybe it changes the way that you do things offensively. Missed opportunity. Once again, that was the theme from the Theron Hackett. He said, you know, we, we got all these missed opportunities. We just can't take advantage of it. At, at some point, the missed opportunities are going to lead to the Broncos going in a different direction. So, right. And the, the unfortunate thing with the Brandon McManus stuff, Cody is like that, that is out of Nathaniel Hackett's control for the most part. Like you're putting, uh, you're putting your kicker out there who says that he can make these kicks, that yeah. he can do these things. And I get that this, the snap was like bobbled for a brief second by Corliss Waitman on the extra point. But at the same time, I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I've never been a kicker. I, I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it's like when the snap isn't clean, how it affects your rhythm or whatnot. I just all I know is that the Chargers guy last week, Cody, he had one leg and he was he was making kicks, you know, out there. So I I don't know. I mean, those guys are kind of paid to make kicking look easier than it actually is. I think that that's the unfortunate aspect of this game. The Broncos should have been up for the first half. The majority of it, they should have been up at least 10-7. And that changes the complexion of the game. That That doesn't necessarily even mean that the Jets at any point are going to score 13. There was one point during the game where I was like, man, like if the Broncos were up 10 to nine right now, I feel like this game would feel completely different because the Jets wouldn't be able to be playing offense the way that they are. And even though it wasn't an explosive offense from the Jets, I, I feel like that's where the Broncos really got let down was, you know, late in the game, the Jets are able to kind of run the ball a little bit more, bleed some time off the clock. You know, the Broncos put their faith in their defense. The Jets were able to get into field goal range twice, put the game completely out of reach for Denver. That's where things really started to get haywire as those missed kicks in the first half. So Brandon McManus, he should be coming under a little bit of heat. I know that he he likes to interact with fans on Twitter and kind of get after the fans and everything. But to me, if you want to do that kind of stuff, you have to be better than 14 out of 18 in terms of your field goals and whatever he is this season on extra points. Even if that's his only miss, I just off the top of my head, I can't remember. Even if that's his only miss, the misses this season have been absolutely costly for the Broncos. We talk about it. One possession games. Every single week into the fourth quarter, your kicker, I mean, I know it's a lot of pressure to put on them. Your offense isn't doing anything, but if they do do something to get you in range, you've got to be the guy that goes out there and cashes in just like you did back in 2015. 
Well, Broncos country, there's a lot of questions. You know, we can say Broncos country, we tried. I mean, that, that might be the mantra now going forward for the rest of the season. Who knows? I understand that Broncos fans are upset. Use the comment section down below to share your thoughts about, you know, the team's loss, how you're feeling about the team, but also make sure you keep it respectful with one another. I see a lot of Broncos fans hating on a lot of other Broncos fans, trying to discredit them for their point of view. It's a frustrating time in Broncos country, but don't turn on each other. Don't be like some of the other toxic fan bases. That's a... My words of wisdom here on this post-game report after the Broncos lose yet another game, dropped to two and four. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. Moving forward, can the Broncos salvage this season? Is there anything that they can do to make any changes? We'll dive deeper into that. Plus, the injury report, some guys coming out of Sunday's loss with some injuries on a short week as the Broncos now travel to London on Monday. We'll get into that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about Prize Picks, the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos post-game report. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports done right and with the prize picks app you choose two to five players that you're focused on heading into the week and these players will have a projection that's set by prize picks and you simply choose whether or not they will have more or less than their prize picks projection which could allow you to win 10 times your money on any entry there's no competing against other people it's just you versus the projections available so download the prize picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users can get a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 with promo code Locked on. If you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50. Don't forget to hit the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Where do the Broncos go from here? Thank you so much, Broncos Country, for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. Whether the Broncos win or lose, we have you covered free and available everywhere you get your podcast and audio format or whether you watch on YouTube. Sarah, kind of going through here now, I think the bigger question is, okay, hey, Broncos sitting here at 2-5. and five. They lose next week. They go to 2-6 and six going into the bye week, which could bring about some changes in and of itself. But for the most part, some questions heading into this week. Will Russell Wilson play against the Jaguars? Now, he was throwing pregame. He didn't do a lot of moving, but he was stationary. And it was reported he had a partially torn hamstring. You know, here's the thing, though. I, I still believe if Russ can't move effectively, why be out there at this point? It's not going to make the offense any better. Uh, and, you know, I think that there's some things that the Broncos need to do going going forward, play calling wise. And, and you and I have shared this here on the show, but I don't think Russell Wilson's going to come in right now at, you know, below a hundred percent. I don't even think he's at 65% and be able to make things better for the Broncos right now, offensively. So the smart move would be to rest him against the Jags, give him the bye week to recover and then bring him back for the Tennessee Titans. In my opinion, that's what I think will be sustainable for this team. But some other injuries have arose in Sunday's loss. Baron Browning left the game with a hip strain and will be getting an MRI on Monday. He did not return obviously a big blow for the Broncos if they lose him because now I mean you lose him for any amount of time you're down without him you're also down without Randy Gregory who's on injured reserve after having the meniscus injury himself and it just seems like when it rains it pours for the Broncos on offense and then PJ Locke got hurt on special teams he had a defensive lineman land on his leg and you know kind of his shin area so we'll see if that affects him going into this week and then you lose Mike Boom to an ankle injury he had a couple of nice runs in this game as well sir so hey once again when it rains it pours and it's probably going to rain in London. So it's very fitting for the theme to start off this week here for the Broncos.
It is. I mean, unfortunately, and we also got some uh, a bit of news from our friend Benjamin Albright, you know, before the game about Caden Stearns with the hip injury, maybe more there than meets the eye potential injured reserve situation for Caden Stearns. So, I, I mean, it's just it's brutal right now for Broncos country. It's like you're kind of just anticipating like what's going to happen next. Right. Camp Fleming. I don't know what's his status going to be. I, he got he went out of this game. Did he come? I don't even remember if he came back. Cody. He did. It was such a whirlwind. So, so obviously your left, your new starting left tackle with Garrett Bowles already having the fractured leg. I, I mean, my goodness, like what else could happen? It's kind of just like, remember the situation with Vic Fangio in 2020 where you were kind of just like, I mean, how are you supposed to let him go? You know, like that's the, and that's the thing that I think a, a lot of Broncos country, they're going to be saying on Twitter, like, I hope that they don't use that excuse for Nathaniel Hackett. But is it really an excuse when your entire roster is injured, right? And I think that for all those that were clamoring for the Broncos to play in the preseason, to play their starters in the preseason, well, good news for you. Everybody that's out there on the field played in the preseason at this point, pretty much. And I'm being a little sarcastic, but is it really that big of a, I mean, I mean, this is the, this is the thing that we're weighing all these questions, the pressure on Hackett, whether or not Russell Wilson should play in London or whether he should rest. These things are all coming into play because man, the Broncos are losing everybody left and right yeah. I mean, they, they can't stay healthy. They can't get out of a game. It's just, it's tough to watch. You're almost expecting on any given play, you're almost expecting like, oh, there's an injury timeout on the field. Not because the Broncos are, you know, I, I don't want it to come across like I think like a lot of people think maybe the Broncos are soft or like their training staff's not doing a good job. This is football and injuries happen, right? These these injuries are happening as a result of a physical game. We saw it on the other side, too, with the New York Jets, unfortunately, losing their superstar running back, Brees Hall, and probably for the, the season. So I, I think Cody to me, it's just one of those things where it's like, where do the Broncos go from here? Because if Russ doesn't play against the Jaguars, that that puts you in a position to either, I mean, you're either going to need a heroic performance from Brett Rippon, or you know, you're going to be two and six going into the NFL trade deadline and your bye week. So it's such an odd situation. And you and I are going to talk on, on another episode about the trade deadline and things like that. So anybody that's listening, that's going to be asking questions about what we think about that, we're going to talk about that but I think there's just so many more questions now about the future of this Broncos team even in the immediate not just beyond 2022 it's the immediate questions right now that need answering and the Broncos unfortunately the the losing never helps I mean the fan base is very frustrated and rightfully so we're probably going to get a lot of frustrated comments in the comment section on YouTube as well and look we understand it Broncos fans this was not I think what anybody expected this is not what's there and I certainly expected to see this team after seven games being at two and five I mean it's it's weird. Something's off. And, you know, unfortunately, the Broncos don't have a lot of time to fix it. And they may not fix it this year. But there are some trade rumblings that are circulating here. Several Broncos names linked to having interest from other NFL teams. We talk about how real some of it is, what makes sense and what doesn't. You get that on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.